0: The objective of analyzing any stock is to distinguish the signal from the noise. Today's video will be a step-by-step guide of how to analyze a stock. The metrics I focus on are the fundamental attributes of business that matter most. They're simple to understand and have a meaningful degree of correlation to stock price. The first component of a business I like to look at is how they generate revenue based on the products or services they provide. So I go to the company's annual report so I know the information I'm using is accurate and from the source. Let's use Tesla as an example. We can see here that their primary source of revenue is from automobile manufacturing, and it represents the majority of their revenue. Some people misunderstand businesses by misattributing the importance of smaller revenue segments based on social buzz or otherwise, but it's best to determine business foundation in accordance with proportion of revenue or net income by segment. I generally invest in businesses that are not speculative or that have newly developing business segments. That's because I generally buy stocks that are trading at a relative discount to average price. In comparison to speculative investing, where there's an assumption of future growth. So if you're a more speculative investor, you may want to determine what products or services are in research and development to gain a sense of potential for revenue and net income into the future. After determining how a business earns money, I like to know where they earn money. I generally invest in businesses that have internationally diversified revenue streams. Because I think of investing in a single country as a form of risk, and I'd rather own a company that has a broader customer base and sources of revenue as a form of diversification. Take Coca-Cola, for example, it derives the majority of the revenue internationally, versus a company like Keurig Dr. Pepper who predominantly generates their revenue domestically. That's more or less the extent of how I use a 10K or annual report. Then I look at fundamental metrics starting with revenue, as it is the first flow of money into a business, which is from the income statement of a company. There are many websites that offer the same financial data, but I usually use either Seeking Alpha or StockAnalysis.com. When looking at revenue, I use five or more years of data and I determine revenue growth rates and revenue consistency. A red flag would be a huge dip in revenue during a particular year, and a green flag would be high revenue growth. The next metric I analyze is net income, which is considered the bottom line, while revenue is the top line. I look for the same features as with revenue, growth, and consistency. I put more value on net income than revenue as many companies can generate revenue, but remain unprofitable. Next, I look at free cash flow, which is a more true bottom line than net income, as it accounts for cash outflows, like capital expenditures, among other expenses, which are required to continue to operate a business. Again, I look for the same features, growth and consistency year over year. The next metric I look at is from the balance sheet, cash and cash equivalents. This metric is a true sense of how much money a company has. Think about it like money in the bank. I don't look at assets because assets are generally required to operate a business, and they don't have the same utility as cash. For example, cash can be used to pay down debt or repurchase shares. Assets, on the other hand, are generally functional. Take AT&T's so-called assets. Here we see their licenses are valued at $124 billion. These assets are used to operate the business and won't likely be sold. Or take Goodwill, for example, which is considered an intangible asset like a brand or intellectual property. And in AT&T's case, their Goodwill is worth $67 billion. Just to drive the point home, AT&T currently has assets valued at $400 billion, but they can't even generate positive net income. So instead, look at cash and equivalents. With cash, I'm not so concerned with growth, but rather I look for red flags like a huge dip in cash or a general downtrend in cash over time, which may indicate financial instability. Next, I look at total liabilities or total debt. Debt is especially important in today's economic environment, as interest rates are so high. If a company carries a lot of debt in comparison to net income, their earnings will be diverted to pay down that debt instead of growing the business. So with debt, I like to see a minimal increase over time, and lower debt is obviously preferable. I always compare debt to net income and determine how many years of net income it would take to pay off debt, assuming net income remained flat. Some people compare debt to market cap, but this doesn't have the same utility as debt to net income. Additionally, I compare debt to cash and equivalents to determine how much debt a company truly has after subtracting out their cash. The next metric I evaluate is my favorite metric, which is diluted shares outstanding. Ideally, a company should have enough spare free cash flow to reward shareholders by reducing overall share count. If you're a shareholder and a company is reducing share count, the value of your shares are increasing just by holding the stock. And this also indicates financial stability because it showcases a company has spare cash lying around. AutoZone is a prime example of this as they continue to reduce share count, and it has shown in the stock price. Although some companies will reduce share count by taking on debt. Take 3M, for example, who continues to reduce their shares outstanding while their net income is shrinking and their debt is growing rapidly. This is unsustainable into the future and is a red flag. The next portion of this video only applies if a company pays a dividend. If they do, the way I analyze dividends is by consistency, payout ratio, and dividend growth dividends are income vehicles and if you're looking for income you need consistency so i look for dividends that remain either equivalent to the year prior or higher than the year prior and the longer the dividend streak the better as it indicates a company's ability to withstand various economic cycles the next method of determining dividend stability is how much of a company's income is distributed as a dividend known as the dividend payout ratio you can look at the dividend payout ratio as either a function of free cash flow or net income which can be quite different or similar depending on the company. Next, you always want your dividend to be growing in order to combat constant inflation. I focus on 3-, 5-, and 10-year compound annual growth rates. I like to see consistency across various time frames, which again indicates company stability through various economic cycles, although there will always be fluctuation. On a side note, every dollar that a company pays out as a dividend is disappearing from the company and going into your pocket, which can be thought of as a form of company growth reduction. The last fundamental metric I look at is extremely important and indicates current value, the price-to-earnings ratio, or P.E. ratio. It's a comparison of yearly earnings per share in relation to stock price. The lower the P.E. ratio, the greater value you are receiving as a buyer. This is a price per unit evaluation. We could compare this to shopping in the grocery store. Let's say you're buying coffee and you want the cheapest bag. It's not the one with the lower price tag that's cheaper, it's the one with the lower price per unit, or price per ounce in this case. This is the same as shopping for a stock although you're purchasing a company's earnings instead the model is the same though the lower price per unit or p e ratio the greater the value for your dollar obviously companies are far more complex though and you can't look at the p e ratio as the sole determinant of value i like to use seeking alpha for their five-year average p e ratio and i compare that to a company's trailing 12 months p e ratio or TTM PE ratio. The lower the current PE ratio is in relation to the five-year average, the better, all else being equal. In summary, it is now your job to synthesize business operations and all these analysis metrics in relation to stock price and determine if there's a favorable buying opportunity. If you learned something, please hit the like button. It will help my dreams come true. Oh, and one more thing. Be aware that when a company releases earnings, this often causes meaningful volatility at stock price. Thanks for watching. I'm not a financial advisor and this is not financial advice. This is for educational and entertainment purposes.